World Mental Health Day is this Thursday, the 10th of October. Mental health is an issue that appears to be rapidly rising up the agenda for employers, but how to manage issues at work involving mental health remains tricky for employers. I'm Nick Hawkins, I'm a senior associate at CM Murray and I specialise in employment and partnership law. And in this podcast, I'll be looking at the issue of mental health in the workplace with my colleague Harriet Riddick, an associate in the team and who also specialises in employment and partnership law. Harriet, perhaps I can just kick us off by asking why is mental health important for employers? So beyond the obvious, which is that an employer who cares about their employees needs to care about their mental health, there are a number of different reasons. First of all, you stated in your introduction that this is an issue that's rising up the agenda for employers. I think one of the reasons for this is because the topic is becoming much less of a taboo and individuals are more prepared to speak up about it. I think that trend is particularly strong amongst millennials who stereotypically are more aware of their mental and physical health and I think are increasingly not prepared to work for companies who disregard the issue. So if employers want to attract and retain in particular the best junior talent, I think they need to be proactively engaging with those issues. I think also it's not a surprise that happy workers are more engaged, they're more productive, they take off less sick days. All of those factors you know, impact directly profitability of a business. And there are also the legal risks to consider. So mental health issues, including depression and anxiety, are capable of amounting to disabilities under the Equality Act, and that can present discrimination risks. There are also um, potential risks under health and safety legislation um, and personal injury law to consider. And what about those areas which are notoriously stressful? Take, for example, the banking industry, people that work in welfare, people in senior management roles, or, or even people that work in the law, dare I say it. Does this have any difference for employers and what their obligations might be to their staff? So, you know, could the employers be working on the assumption, look, you've applied for this job, you knew it'd be stressful? Well, I think certain employers probably do make that assumption, particularly in professions where the employees are highly remunerated, even at a very junior level. But actually, I think that's a very risky assumption to make. And arguably, the more stressful the job, the more mental health issues are going to exist and the more steps employers need to be taking to manage that. You know, also, the types of professions that you just mentioned tend to attract high achievers and perfectionists who are arguably more prone to mental health issues. So perhaps that assumption really needs to be flipped. So just, Nick, turning the questions around, um, where an employee is suffering from mental health issues, but the cause of those issues is unrelated to work, so for example, um, an individual is going through a divorce, um, does that have any impact on whether an employer is obliged to do anything? The short answer is no. The, the cause of the mental health issues irrelevant in, in much the same way that if someone had a physical disability, how they came to have that disability is irrelevant insofar as the employer's obligations are concerned. Um, you know, indeed, there, there may even be occasions where the employer's inaction or perhaps inappropriate action could give rise to a personal injury claim, and therefore there's very much an obligation on the, on the part of the uh, employer to do something uh, particularly in view of the fact there is a requirement on employers to provide their employees with a safe working environment. Uh, you know, when a mental health, health issue arises, it might be sensible for an employer to um, commission a, an occupational health report um, so that then the company can know what sort of reasonable adjustments they could make. And I think ultimately the aim for the employer should be to get their employee to a place where they're able to perform their duties without being disadvantaged by their, their mental health. You know, just taking that on a step further, I think it'd be fair to say that the, the vast majority of the employers that 
we see take very seriously the issue of mental health? I appreciate this is a big question, but how can employers promote openness and treat mental health and well-being as a priority? First of all, I think it's important to say that there's no one-size-fits-all approach. So it's all very well having mental health and well-being initiatives in place, but if these are not backed up by what happens in reality in the workplace, then their value is going to be lost. So, for example, if you've got managers throughout the business demanding too much from their teams, requiring them to work through their lunch breaks, stay late, respond to emails while they're on holiday, then in that scenario, say, having a weekly yoga class isn't going to solve the issue. Um, and perhaps the training of people managers throughout the business would be a more appropriate solution. I think that links to another important point, which is that change really needs to come from the top and the buy-in of senior managers is crucial. I think workplace wellness initiatives probably do have an important role to play and can be particularly helpful in equipping employees with the tools that they need to take responsibility for their own health and therefore tackling the root cause of the issues. So, for example, there's a huge amount of evidence on the benefits of mindfulness, meditation and breathwork techniques on stress management, and training um, your employees in those skills therefore can be a useful preventative measure. There are a number of big companies now um, that have chief mindfulness officers, Google, IBM and Dentons, and I think that shows that this isn't just some kind of new age phenomenon. I think it can also be particularly useful in preventing problems escalating to the burnout level. Interestingly, the World Health Organization has announced that a burnout will be a re world-recognized occupational syndrome from 2022, and that's a decision which signals that this could be an area to watch from an employment risk perspective. So as I mentioned at the top of the podcast, it's World Mental Health Day uh, on Thursday. Um, have you got any suggestions, tips as to what employers might do to help raise awareness in the build-up to, to that day? Well, I think one of the best pieces of advice I could give would be for employers to be proactive. Um, prevention is, after all, a lot easier than cure. So what sort of things am, am I thinking of there? Well, I've mentioned a few of them, but some suggestions might be to encourage staff to develop their own wellness action plans, consider implementing an employee assistance programme, a mentoring system, well-being or mental health policies, and also consider offering training to managers and business leaders to help them identify and manage mental health issues. Yeah, I think just a further tip that I would uh, suggest is it's just helpful for, for everyone to be mindful of circumstances in the workplace as far as is possible. We've discussed how mental health issues are not easy to identify, I totally appreciate, but sometimes in a quiet moment of reflection, a manager, member of HR, or any colleague for that matter, might be able to notice a change in, in someone's demeanour. Um, when, when I refer to circumstances uh, a moment ago, what am I thinking of? Well, if I take an example where a team have been working really hard on a deal for a couple of weeks, they've been really, really pressing deadlines to meet, um, the team are working through their lunch, they're working very long hours. Now, obviously, when you take a step back in an ideal world, one would say, well, where that sort of a deadline is approaching, ideally, the, the employer, the, the team management might want to ensure that steps are taken to assist the team in advance. Have they got sufficient resources to be able to deal with the workload? Can people be pulled in from other teams, for example. Totally appreciate that it's sometimes not as easy as that, but when you do have a team working on long hours, I think afterwards it's worth sitting down with the team, um, perhaps either as a team or individually, 
and just see how everyone's doing. Ask them what could be done differently uh, to help with similar bits of work in the future. Uh, I think it's helpful to, when the work is passed, encourage them, encourage them to be leaving on time, be mindful about work allocation going forward. Um, and obviously, uh, you know, giving someone who's just been working very long hours a further piece of urgent work, it, you know, it might take its toll. Um, and whilst these aren't reasonable adjustments, I think it's always worth considering whether there's anything that can be offered to a team to, to account for their hard work. Um, you know, a day in lieu, uh, a team outing. I think these sorts of little things can make people feel really valued, appreciated and, and supported and will assist making employees feel comfortable in their environment. Yeah, I completely agree with that um, and I think all of those things kind of go to um, improving workplace culture um, and I think that having a healthy culture is very very closely linked um, with employee wellness. And how about where mental health issues are impacting um, an employee's performance? Well there's, there's very often a link and I, I think where someone's performance has dipped it's worth the employer, um, the managers, giving thought as to whether or not there may be a mental health issue. Um, if someone is really struggling, obviously being heavy-handed with their performance could make things significantly worse. Uh, and I think, and this is a really helpful point, I think, having regular catch-up meetings or appraisals, whatever you want to call them, I think that can be really helpful in giving managers a good insight into why performance may be dipping or has dipped. It might also strengthen the relationship between a manager and employee such that the employee feels better able to open up about any health issues they have. But I think having very uh, clear, open lines of communication can really help. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Um, I think the last thing I would say is to remember that no one size fits all. And I've mentioned that before. Um, and that's true at both a firm level or a company level and also at an individual level. And, you know, people all have their own struggles, their own triggers and their own stresses um, and also their own coping mechanisms. So a reasonable adjustment that works for one person may not work at all for another. And the employer's aim should therefore be to make adjustments in order to allow the employee to perform their duties without being disadvantaged. And therefore, the employer should be willing to listen and accommodating um, to the extent possible and reasonable, of course. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, actually. Um... I have actually seen it where an employer has unilaterally you know, taken work away from an individual who is struggling, thinking that that might help, but they hadn't actually consulted with the individual what might assist. And taking away the work actually had the effect of making that individual feel very isolated and useless, and it considerably exacerbated the issue. So I think it's really important for um, the individuals themselves to be speaking with their treating consultants or GPs, um, and also the employers to be taking advice and occupational health advice if necessary. Anyway, I think that uh, about wraps it up. Harriet, thank you very much for your time. Uh, if anyone listening has any queries, do not hesitate to contact us. Uh, for more information uh, about this or a range of other employment and partnership law topics, please check out our website.